Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, unfortunately, as previously announced, we do not have a third guest, um, mostly because I didn't bother to ask him to show up. You know. There were a lot of underlying reasons. Right. Um. But yesterday he told me if I stick around, he might get me a Christmas present next year as if he genuinely doesn't think that Dan and I are going to last that long. So, like, I'm also a little bit mad at him. You know, that's totally fair. <laughs> I would have invited him either. And if I had, I would have uninvited him. So it's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, so um, how are you, Miss Courtney? Well, it is a Monday and I'm not at work, so I'm doing great. Love that for me and for you. Yes. Um, I'm good. Uh, as I announced last week that came out yesterday, um, we had our first table read for um, Unseen Artists for a play called Turn That Thing Around. By and also, I apologize because I said that I was going to get the podcast out on time specifically so that you guys would know about that. And I for sure did not. It is absolutely okay. I saw that, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... It was a, it's a non-binary playwright and who's getting their master's degree in Ohio. And we were able to get a full New York cast to get together. We rented out of space, did a whole rehearsal and performance and recording in one day. And we had like a talk back at the end with the in, um, like in studio guests and actors and our zoom guests. And it was just like the best start to like unseen artists really producing stuff like i, I was um like noel directed it i was stage manager um and um technical person i was on the computer with people um but yeah and then we uh met a guy who wants to give us a submission of his work yesterday and so we're just like i love it, it. we're doing, doing it, it. Mm -hmm. so i'm and i'm in a good place right now and then we went out yeah. and celebrated and had like dinner and drinks and it was just me and noelle and joe it was just it was just so nice to like something worked <laughs> it was nice it's good. How are you? I, I had some good theater this weekend also kind of um <clears throat> there's this play um, it's coming to Broadway soon. I don't know any other details other than it's no longer being leased to theater companies because it's coming to Broadway soon enough that we almost weren't even able to do it this time. Um, it's called People, Places, and Things. Okay. It is like a three-hour play. Like, so act one, 105 minutes. And then there's still a full 50-minute act, too. Do they know that these are not operas? <clears throat> but here's the thing. It is about drug addiction and recovery. Oh. And so it's also three hours of fucking heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean... That's what, <clears throat> so that's what we had at the theater. Um, and one of my kiddo's moms was in it. Um, and so she was really glad that I was there so that I was able to understand why the kids couldn't come so that they, if they were annoying, but the fact that she wouldn't let them come see the play, I could back her up on the fact that they could not come see the play. Yeah. Um, but then there was a talk back after and, um, 
this is my PSA because I couldn't say this to all of the people in the theater yesterday because it would have come off rude. If you are working or are attending an event like that and you are doing a talk back and you are talking to actors and the topic is something that heavy, for the love of God, don't have your talk back question be to ask the main character if they themselves are in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that is a uh, very solid. Because uh... at we had four performances. No, five. Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday, Sunday. Five performances. All five had a talk back, and at least three of those five, someone asked that question. Great. <clears throat> that is, and uh, yeah. to her credit, um, Alex openly talked about her recovery journey and but she should not have had to right and Allie the stage manager and I were sitting in the booth and we were like how about you don't how about you just shut your mouth right please 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 yeah I uh I hate when people do especially such sensitive topics that's why I was so <laughs> impressed with our talk back because Good. it was about um, a manic spiral with bipolar depression and hospitalization and everything. And so it's very sensitive and it's yeah. a story based on the play, the playwright's life. Mm -hmm. And so um, no one asked them about it because the playwright was yeah. there like as part of it, but they openly talked about it. And one of the audience members openly talked about how it affected them and how they really appreciated the way it was done because yeah. of their experience. And then, one of the actors had like a family member who had had a similar experience. And so it was like, everyone still contributed and like, well, gave and so, the feedback you yeah. need to be like, this is, you know, important. And this is how it affects well, people in that had, situation. In the lobby, we had tables from like a bunch of different local organizations that like do things with like Narcan access right. and um, needle drop-offs and recovery, like outreach and stuff. And one of the people in the audience who came to see the show multiple times was an addict who her story made me cry and she shared it and she was super open about it. But she, in the blizzard we had two weeks ago, fell and was forced into the hospital. And that's the only reason she's clean. Wow. And then came to the show and like experienced that like two weeks later. That is insane. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, and and like, those voices are so powerful so that you powerful. can't ask people for those voices. Exactly. And I honestly wasn't even going to talk about the play because, like, yeah. I don't know, I just went to work and it was a long shift. But, like, right. but then, <laughs> then listening to your story about your show and the talk back, and I was like, oh, no, like, mine was a very similar situation and experience and everything. And so, like, I love that there are artists out there that are, like, and I love because the show is coming to Broadway, way more people are going to be able to see it and, like, yeah. Um, but like, I couldn't I, find a date. I just tried to look. Couldn't find oh, a date. Did you? Yeah. I, I, and like, that's weird. Like, I know it because I know the weird production back end copyright yeah. part of it, not because I know right. anything about anything else. No, um, but sometimes you need like a, you have to have like a two to three year break before you can come to Broadway. Mm -hmm. So, like, it can, <laughs> it could be any time from like end of the year to like, well, and like, so, so what, what happened was we actually, so the local company that did it um, my friend Lorraine is the pr produce artistic producer of that company and Lorraine, they had put it up 
last May, like May 2822, and they were had the rights to be the last performance before it went to Broadway. Yeah. And then they canceled like half of their run because of COVID in the cast. Um, and a local um a local man who has a foundation to help like youths get out of drugs and everything paid entirely for this them to remount it for a weekend so that more in downtown so that more people could see it so then we had to do the runaround to call the the rights company the rights holders (laughs) and be like i know it's going to broadway i know we don't have it but like here's the situation and how here's how it's being paid for and here's why it's doing it like so there was a lot of back-end stuff and that's how i know it's within the next year and a half that it should be i think i think it'll be opening in the 2023-2024 season excellent yeah Mm -hmm. so but i know nothing about it other than that so if i'm correct here's your first First hint. Thank you. I'm very excited. <laughs> you're correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the other thing that happened this weekend, and this was the real story I was going to share, was that Friday it was Dan's sister's birthday. So they were having family dinner for her birthday. Lovely. I knew that. I had told my mom super early in the week, I will definitely be home on Friday because Dan has plans with his sister. Then, Friday morning. Also, Friday was Friday the 13th, and it was the fucking Twilight Zone at school. I'm telling you, I don't know what was happening. But last Friday was a full moon, and this Friday was Friday the 13th. It's been this, it's been the hardest year of teaching ever. Anyway, mom texts me halfway through the day. She's like, Oh, I forgot to tell you, we won't be home tonight because we've got plans with Nick and Jen and like the Canisius crew. I was like, Mom and Dad have plans. Dan has plans. And I don't have any money to go out. Perfect. I'm going to go home. I'm going to put on comfy clothes. I'm going to open a bottle of wine. I'm going to lay on the couch and watch what I want to watch on TV. No one's going to stop me for the whole night. But I don't know if you know, I fell two weeks ago, right? And fucked up my back. And on on Friday... I was in so much pain that I could not sit on the couch and watch TV all night. That's but I was, I was determined this was going to be right. my night. So this lovely bottle of wine that Dan's father gave me for Christmas. Um, also, all of the bottle openers in my house are, we still don't know where, because we're moving. So I took a paring knife and stuck it into the cork at an angle that I could push it down into the bottle. There's cork in that bottle. Um, But I did it with a paring knife so that I wouldn't actually cut any of the cork. I would just slit it enough so it won't break into the wine. And then I was like, it'll be fine, though, because I'm going to drink the whole bottle. But then I didn't. And I also didn't know where any of my stoppers were. So I wrapped the bottle in tin foil. Jesus. Uh, I saw that earlier when you moved the bottle over, and I just didn't say anything. <laughs> I was so, like, I'm going to guess you're going to bring that up. Yeah, so I was like, I was going to go to pour myself a glass of wine, but I was like, first, I have to share the story of the stupidity of me trying to have a bottle of wine to myself on Friday night and needing to tin foil it closed. I love it. Um... And then I went to bed at 9 o'clock. 
have a generic wine cork that came in the bottle in the bottle so mine's easy enough but this is a peach riesling um from venditti vineyards which is a local new york wine mm -hmm. um peach riesling delicious I don't think I talked about my wine last week either, but um, I have Middle Jane Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, yeah. Sonoma County. So my Christmas present from my office. Fantastic. And along with the Chardonnay, I'll be drinking <clears throat> next week. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, I think next week I'll also have a local New York wine, and I think um, it'll be my Loganberry wine if I don't drink it before then. Good luck. Thanks. Um, we are here. Oh, wait. We are here. We don't have an episode, but we should still give some words of affirmation. You know what? Before they before they sit through whatever they're about to sit through. Um, <clears throat> give yourself a little introduction to what's about okay. to go on, and I'll give you a spirit. Sure. So we are here today um, to discuss season two of Stargate SG One in its entirety, um, because. <laughs> If you are anything like me and Courtney and you were preparing for the end of season two and you looked anything up on the internet about season two, you might have had a moment where you said, holy shit, that episode was in season two <laughs> because I did. Um, and uh, season two was 22 episodes long, which means we started it sometime in like September, maybe. August. I could not begin to tell you how long 22 weeks ago was. Um, it feels longer ago than that, right? Maybe. Um, maybe. I really could not tell you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. 2021, 20, 22, middle of August. Yeah. A whole lifetime ago. A whole lifetime ago. We recorded the first episode of season one, of season two, before I went to the MGK concert. That's how long ago it was. That also feels like it was like a month ago. So I, I don't know how my time, my time. Time, goes. time. What is time? Yeah. You know what I can tell you? Good. An affirmation to kick off this lovely, hopefully, episode we're about to have. Remind yourself, remind yourself of what you've been able to overcome. All the times you felt like you weren't going to make it through, you proved yourself wrong. You're more powerful than you think. Ash Alice. I love that. Me too. It's called so, Warrior. Perfect. Perfect. <clears throat> so... Stargate SG-1, Season 2. First, as just kind of an overall, I looked at um, the ratings of the season as a whole, and both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes do not have critic ratings for the season. Apparently, they just kind of, like, stopped. All right. Or also, it's from the early, like, late 90s, so the internet didn't exist. Also that, also that's a possibility. 
possibility. Um, so but it does have a 94% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes um, and a 7.8 on Metacritic, which is a little lower than I would have thought. Or Metacritic. It's an 8.2 um, yeah. for the season, like as a season whole. Yeah. So um, one, then there's only one 10 star review or 10, like point, 10 point review on uh, Metacritic. And I would like to read it to you. Excellent. Because it made me laugh. <laughs> but just in the way it was formatted, because it says, first of all, it says this review contains spoilers. Cool. Great. Um, we already gave you all of the spoilers for season two, so. Correct. Um, so then it says, sorry, I'm trying to like move this so I can see your face and see what I have written on my computer screen. But like, I nice. only kind of know how to use the internet. Well, no, that's fine. Oh, here we go. Ha! I did it. Let's see. Mm. By far the best Stargate season ever made, period. Ever? Ever. Now, okay. I will also say that is not an uncommon opinion on the internet. There are a lot of people online who think that season two was the top of the the pile, the cream of the crop, the best season of Stargate. And your professional Stargate opinion. What do you think about that? There is some merit to that thought in terms of some of the, like, the characters are the most consistent they're ever going to be. Like, the writing of who these characters are. Like, because I will say, that's one thing that I have not found inconsistent at all in the first two seasons, is, like, Jack is always Jack. Yeah. Sam, yep. Sam is always Sam. And, like, sometimes they do things that you're like, what the fuck? But, like, that's who they are. Like, I think that that's... Right. I think... Um, some of the world building is really phenomenal. Um, I think that Stargate suffers from two seasons that are too long. I think that if Stargate were a more modern show that had... 10 to 12 episodes? 12 to even 15. 12 to 15 episode seasons. Mm -hmm. You would have a much more succinct story. They were writing for an era of TV that does not exist anymore. And as people who weren't really actively watching TV in the way that we are now in that era of TV, it just doesn't feel smooth enough. That but is also I, how I feel about X-Files. So. But I think that some of the stories in this episode, in this season, are the best stories we're going to get. Interesting. Okay. This person also agrees with me because they said, why, you ask? Well, I could sum it up in three short words. I dare you to guess what they are. Live, I, laugh, I, love. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're not. They're not live, laugh, love. <laughs> Um, I don't know. The fifth race. Oh, I mean, okay. A, yes. A cook, a, then he said a cookie to anyone who got it right. 
Sorry, no cookie for you, Courtney. It's all right. I have wafers, so I'm going to have that on our break. And, uh, it's fine. I'm an adult. I buy my own stuff. So why all the hubbub about this season? Well, where there were standout points in season one, the writers step up their game with season two and improve the show with only two missteps. Those being message in a bottle and spirits. Now, I strongly disagree with that because I love spirits. Right. I have strong feelings about the season finale. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll we'll talk more about spirits in a second, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say yeah. my thought for that. But I I do agree that there are some things. I also, um, when I finish this review, I'm going to share with you some information about what is the highest rated episode, not just of like, not ratings as in like actual like score ratings, but like the most, like in fan polls, what is the best episode of the show? Because it's in this season. Okay. Um, but that's more onto a personal preference and it didn't give me the whole creepy um, void feeling with Native Americans. Which is fair. It, it didn't. But I think that also made it less problematic. <laughs> oh, no, agreed. He's saying he said it's his personal preference because it, right. it wasn't that. So, like, it's just, it wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't problematic. Right. It just wasn't a good episode for him. No, but that's what I'm saying is, like, sometimes yeah. using those kind of techniques with the general storyline of the Native Americans is part of the thing that makes it problematic and so like you know sucks for him but like i wouldn't have had the other way correct the rest of the season has great episodes and the aforementioned fifth race seriously it's one of the best sci-fi episodes ever and in my opinion the best target episode of the whole series the whole plot line of the show improves as well with stand-up performances from all the cast that is this particular 10 star review what was which episode was message in a bottle Oh, that's a great question. <clears throat> Message in a bottle. Oh. <laughs> um, Message in a bottle is the episode where uh, Jack gets attacked by the invisible spirit, or like the invisible aliens that are like par- parasites, and then he gets stabbed with a box with those shooty thingies. The one where it's the child that's there and... No, 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 no. The, the artifact that they discover that then yes. it turns out to have, like, a parasite in the artifact. Yes, okay, yes, yes, yes. That fairly not a good episode. Right, like, totally fine, mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, this other lovely review, this is from a blog called Firewater Site um, that is self-identified as a middle-aged... A pop culture fan. Um, what did he say? He said, um, a fire water is a middle-aged pop culture fan whose life is sustained by his word counts. I don't know what that means. But this is his season um, two blog. I would say it's I would say it's his I his uh, act of being a writer because that's like 90% of what you focus on when you're writing with other people is your word count. Fair. Um, and like, especially if he's going to take it to multiple platforms, 
that it's like, you know, Instagram has limitations. Twitter has limitations. But if you're working, doing like NaNoWriMo, where you're writing with all of the writers for National Novel Writing Month, it's like, what was your word count today? What was your word count today? If you're writing with your partners, it's like you send a word count of 1300 or whatever for this week. So like- That makes sense. I'm guessing he's a writer, especially since he has a blog. So- That's fair. I don't know what they're- well, yeah. it, I would I would say he because he says his. So um, oh, I um, didn't even yes, hear that in the yes, like he said by his word count. So I'm going to uh, yeah. use he pronoun he his pronouns because that is what self identified. Yes, he self identified. Yes. Um, the second season of Stargate SG One isn't worse or better than its first. That's debatable, but fine. <laughs> I realize that this doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement to you. I graded the first season a solid B. I, I'm not going to read every single thing that he puts in this blog because some of it he's just like talking about himself and I don't feel like that is necessary for us to dissect because I know nothing about this person. Um, fair, fair. But one thing I've learned about myself is that I may be an easy grader. I seem to be reluctant to give a poor score to most of the things I watch in my never-ending pursuit of entertainment. I think that this may be this may make me an ineffective critic, but I don't think that necessarily makes me a bad reviewer. I think that I, think that, <laughs> I was gonna say I think that is a great like let's come right out here and say it. I take things I grade things pretty easily because I think that's the same thing for us in this podcast. Yeah. We will find something to love about anything. Like, yeah, exactly. I still am mad that I can't rewatch Hemlock Grove, even though it is the most trash TV show I've ever watched in my entire life. Right. (laughs) Soon enough, you can. And there are plenty of people that genuinely loved the show. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think that um, a B coming from someone who looks at things the way we do is probably where we would be at, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's hard because I have so much more idea of where we go. Yes. I have so much more to use in my grading system than you do. Um, But I also will have to say personally, I like Stargate Atlantis, the spinoff better. Mm -hmm. And part of that's just because I watched it first and, and what age I watched it at. But also because it didn't exist until 2006. So it had nine years of, or 2004, something around that. But it had like at least five years of Stargate to build off of. And so it didn't have to have introductory stuff. Right. Plus it had 2000s technology, not 90s technology. And Jason Momoa. (laughs) And Jason Momoa. (laughs) Which is a selling point on a lot of things <clears throat> that is very true um i obviously haven't seen it but uh i am interested to see how it goes so mine is a very basic knowledge of mm, right. an idea of grading mm, yeah sure. um he said talking about a series movie book or video game from a perspective that at least begins from a place of optimism seems more true to my character i genuinely want to like everything i spend my time watching reading or playing so or why else waste my time fair which i mean that's kind of the point of this podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he goes to continue to talk about how he feels about creating things and other things he's reviewed and who he is as a person, which are all very lovely. And I will link this blog in 
the episode description, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> totally fair. Totally um, fair. Um, the truth is that I've liked the first two seasons of the series. Good. Me too. <clears throat> yep, yep. Season two, season two kicks off with the resolution to the first season's cliffhanger finale. Apophis and Quirrell arrive at earth and they attempt to destroy it. They fail. He said, that's a rather glib summation of what was a pretty good episode, although I think it was an accurate statement. Yes, yes, I yes. think that's true, too. Um, as we move into the season, we are introduced to the Tok'ra, who in the fictional Stargate universe are the good Ga'ulds. They're the rebel alliance to the evil Ga'uld Empire. Um, it explains what uh, the Ga'uld are, which are the Tok'ra and the Ga'uld are. We've talked about that. Um, eventually, Captain Carter's own father, who's dying of cancer, becomes a Tok'ra host. I forgot that was this season. Yeah, right? Um, and they talk about Star Trek actors being on the show. Um, uh, they talk about the, the episode of The Keeper, who captures the members of FG1 in the suspended animation virtual reality. Interesting point that I didn't think about. Um, this was a year before The Matrix was released. Interesting. Okay. So the idea of the suspended reality and the whole thing that we did with The Keeper was very much a new, new, idea. new idea at the time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I liked this episode I know you had your feelings about it, but I, I did enjoy this episode. <laughs> I just, I didn't dislike the concept. My problem is there were a, an, there were a lot of things in season two that were good, solid sci-fi ideas. I don't give a shit if I don't care what the characters are doing. If you were to give me any of these concepts as standalone sci-fi movies I would have been down for all of them I just didn't like that we had a serious like direction for our characters and then we kept yeah. getting pulled out of that yeah which is again more of a personal feeling than really like an actual analysis of yeah. the well, show. I also think it has a lot to do with the fact, mm -hmm. like you were saying earlier, that it's such a long season mm -hmm. and they're trying to fill it with stuff. So they couldn't just, they didn't want to be serious for 22 episodes. So you follow the story because they have to have some levity somewhere and mm -hmm. whether or not they've done it the correct way is again, a personal preference. But like, I think that's why it exists. It's not so much. Yeah, no. And I think that that's, I think that's a really fair point because I don't think there was, with very few exceptions, I don't think there was any bad writing in this yeah. season. And I think that that's part of why the season is rated as high as it is and why people like it so much. I can't think of any episode that I, off the top of my head, when we go through the episodes, I might tell you that I was wrong, but I can't think of any episode off the top of my head that I was just like, this is just bad writing. Um, season finale. <laughs> Well, the season finale, again, the season finale, the, the new writing in the season finale was still good. It was just placement and, and clip showiness of it that I did not care for. Yeah. Um, 
Um, as we travel through the season, we discover that the Edwards Guardians in reality resemble the classic Roswell aliens. We get some drama with Teak's fa- family and with Dr. Daniel Jackson's wife, Sharae, who was pregnant with Apophis's baby. We find out that the humans are on their way to achieving a promotion to the fifth major race in the galaxy, along with the Nox Asgardians, Ancients, and Furlongs. I'm not sure who the Ancients and Furlongs are. That's what he says. Which is fair, because up until this point, we have learned... We do not know, yes. We know nothing about the Ancients or Furlongs. We do know the Nox and the Asgardians. Um, We find out that opening a wormhole too close to a planet... Or to a, opening a wormhole to a planet too close to a black hole is a dangerous thing to do, and we get some psychedelic science, and that is guaranteed to make true nerds squee. That is his description. I love it. I love it. Um, fire, water, what is it? What is Fire, water. Sh- yeah, fire, water. It's like just firewater, site.wordpress.com. So. Got it. Fire, water, site. Yeah. Got it. Um, in the penultimate episode of the season, we somehow travel back to 1961 because of solar flares or some such techno babble explanation. It's a fun episode, and there's no paradox because apparently General Hammond knew it was going to happen because he knew SG1 all those years ago, mind blown. <clears throat> I wish 1969 were the final episode. In fact, the real finale was underwhelming. Another clip show. I've never really been a fan of the clip show. Same, my friend, same. Um, I'm glossing over much of the season in the review. We get to know more about the members of SG-1, but they're no longer strangers to us. I found myself growing more accustomed to hearing words like Naquita and Kelno Reem while meeting new people like the Tok'ra, the Invisible Ritu, the Unas. Um, I forgot to talk about the sarcophagus usage as a metaphor for drug addiction. Um, uh, Dr. Jackson becomes a sarcophagus junkie in one slightly subpar episode. Um, also, the second Stargate, the one which was in Antarctica last season, has been secretly moved to Nevada and then to Utah. The Gold Sokar may have been the basis for Satan and Christian religious beliefs. Do with that what you will. Do what thou wilt with that secular statement. So now the devil himself is one of our big bads. <laughs> um, he talks about how a lot of the episodes remind him a lot of Star Trek and how there is a lot of actual science in the science fiction. Oh, no, he says there's some talk of science on the series, but it's nowhere close to hard science fiction. It's more science fantasy where advanced alien technology smells a lot like magic, but that's okay because it, it's what it has always been doing. Um. While there is some genuine drama and suspense on the show, this is a generally more lighthearted television fare, sometimes as airy and seemingly insubstantial as popcorn, while being similarly satisfying. Many of the plots will seem familiar to you if you're already a science fiction fan. Um, the real pleasure to be found in the series is the relationships between the members of our found family. Yes, that is... Um, yeah. The best. It's talking about Jack, Sam, Daniel, Teal'c, Hammond, and Dr. Frazier being like our our family. Um yeah, so I think that um and then he talks about other sci-fi shows that you could compare it to. Um 
Oh, the concept of galactic travel using the Stargates is a mind-expanding one, suggesting many plot threads that haven't yet been explored because we do actually get to leave the universe in this um, mm-hmm. series. Um, but he says, I like the series so far. I didn't think I would. And that's the best reason I can to give you for recommending you, that you watch it too. All right. So I just a little bit of a research on this person because I am interested in what else they've had to say. Yeah. Um, They are indeed a writer. Um, They have a lot of these type of lists on their, um, I assume so based based on how the blog was formatted. I assume that it was like a thing that they do all the time. Like they just posted Mm -hmm. yesterday. So like still very up to date. They do a lot of um, review on Buffy the Vampire is what they're working on right now it looks like and they do um they're in season one which is fun because i haven't watched it yet so maybe i'll go read it but yeah so they have a ton of like really good stuff on here and it's like not just movie updates but also like writing stuff that they talk about and so if you're interested in stuff like that i would definitely say follow yeah uh, firewater um i i will say i had to search firewater stargate review wordpress because when i just typed in what you said it uh told me that site didn't exist so okay. <laughs> you may have to like search it but like, it's the first thing that comes up when like you search I, that yes and i like i said i will put their um oh that's right you said you put the I said, i'll put it i'll put it in the um episode description um i'm gonna make a note to myself right now that i'm gonna put it in the episode description so i don't forget to do that um but uh yeah so it's just somebody who kind of does what we do all the time but like in word form and so talking form and more broadly. And so I'm down for that. Um, Firewater. Um, But yeah, so I think um, one of the good points that he made was that most important part of this show and what makes it different than your basic sci-fi shows is the is the characters because i think like like he said none of this is new and i don't know that in 1998 none of this was new but star trek had been around for ages so like right like because i don't that's true like but like i don't i don't know in 1998 1999 i was six i don't know what was on tv like i but um so one thing that I wanted to address before we start just kind of before we just kind of go through the whole season and then talk about what happened and what we think is going to happen. A question came up over and over and over again in our discussion of the season. And it's something that comes up all the time when we're watching the shows is what did they know about how much time they had to tell the story? Yes, yes. And that, because that, in any show that you're watching that has weird drawn out story arcs, you're like, did they know that they were going to be able to do that? And sometimes they think that they're going to, and then you have a weird, shitty series finale that didn't explain because they got unpromptedly canceled. Um, Stargate, we knew that when Showtime first picked up the show, they originally ordered 44 episodes right off the bat. So the first two seasons. Yeah. But then we talked about how they didn't necessarily film it all at once. They had time because I found out in my notes and searching 
um, midway through season one airing. So this is still December of 1997. Okay. Um, so before season two even aired or was probably even written, mm-hmm. they ordered another 44 episodes. So another two seasons after yes. season two? So they knew after they were season two, yes. Four? Yes. So they knew at this moment that they were already going to have at minimum four full seasons, which I guess in a way kind of gives you more. Like, I think that forgives some of the weird one-offs a little bit more because if they're thinking, I got to tell the story in three seasons, those singular episodes kind of suck but if they're like i already know that i've got a full other second 44 episodes like i'm all the way set at this point already with 88 full episodes to tell a story i can do what i want right right and so i think that is an important note that we didn't have when looking at some of these episodes i agree because like i I loved spirits. A lot of people did not love spirits. But knowing that they had two seasons of Wiggle Room, I'm all for spirits. Like, you know and what like, I mean? The other thing is, I didn't hate spirits. It wasn't like, I didn't watch it and say, oh my god, I have to watch every show in this episode. Now. Like, every show in this season now. But I was like, you know, that's fine. I'll never watch it again, probably. But I didn't hate right. it. Right. So, <clears throat> to be um, fair, though, I don't think there was any episode so far that I watched and was like, I hate this more than anything. I I think so too. And I think it was particularly in season two. Yes. There were more in season one season season one that I was more like finicky about for sure. Yeah. And I um, think that that's why two season two is season two has the that reputation because you have the build up from season one. You they fix some of the smoothness of it. And then and this is coming from a having I have not watched the rest of the series in a very long time. So like I'm not saying this out of like a I know what's gonna happen. I'm just saying this out of a I know what happens in general and shows that last a really long time. People get tired. And I don't necessarily mean the writers necessarily, but the writers, the actors, the audience, people get tired, people get complacent. And so when you have a show that last 10 seasons, almost never do you have episodes from season 10 competing with episodes from one, two, three for the best episodes of the show. That's just not what happens. Yeah. There are exceptions. And I mean, I think about things like Doctor Who lasted 60 years, but not a single person from the first season of the show is still working on the show and 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 even eight years in it wasn't the same everyone from bottom right. to top changed it evolved over time it wasn't the same show anymore and like not in a bad way like it's still you know inherently the same show but right. it, it's very different every right. every new doctor is a very different person like mm-hmm. and so and, and I, you think about things like star trek sure mm-hmm. star trek as a concept Star Trek as a franchise still around. Nobody, nobody who's working on Star Trek Discovery, who is running this show, was, are you kidding? Half of them were infants 
when the first episode of Next Generation or of the original series premiered. You're not talking about the same creative team. You're talking about people who were inspired by that creative team and then kept going. Whereas Stargate was 10 continuous years. Brad Ray and Jonathan Glassner were involved from beginning to end. Yep. And I think that's phenomenal. But that does that gives more room for people to get lazy and complacent. Yeah. And I think it's again very different from now because I think I'm anticipating that the next big thing is going to be a lot of people switching to anthology series because they don't want to get tired of the same content, especially because it's like, here's your show, binge watch your 10 episodes, next six months we'll give you another season. And it's like, but then people are like, I'm not going to watch the third season because it's the same. But you see American Horror Story and you see what White Lotus is starting to do. And mm-hmm. like, well, even even movies are doing that. I like yeah. I said, I was telling you guys last week on the podcast, I watched Glass Onion. I never watched Knives Out. I don't know what Knives Out mm-hmm. is about, but I watched Glass Onion. I know Benoit Blanc is the detective in both, but they're unrelated. And when you have something that separates like that, like think about how many fucking times has Miss Marple and Hercule Poirot been redone? Yeah. How many times have those same stories been told? Because you can, because you can have one really fucking good actor who plays Poirot, who plays Miss Marple, who played Benoit Blanc, and then tell 58 million stories. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have the same cast for anything. Mm -hmm. And you have things like, even though it's not anthology, you think about some of the shows that have been really successful lately. And you have shows like Once Upon a Time and mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy. And even though the main characters are important to that show, as long as you keep one or two of the same characters in the same plot, the next season, as long as you're still at the same hospital and the, there's three characters that are the same, so you switch the entire cast, you can still tell the better stories. Well, it's and like, that, I mean... I haven't finished it. I'm only on season one, so no spoilers. But uh, like, I know Supernatural had such a big fan base, and it never seemed to die down. But I know that they added in new, really big characters, and they removed mm-hmm. some of the big characters. I mean, the main two I think were there for the entire. Yes, 15 I was gonna say the brothers are the only thing yeah. about that show that stayed from day one. Right, but everything else they bring in and out so many different characters and so many mm-hmm. different storylines, and it follows the same like trajectory almost as like as like a Doctor Who. You're getting a different story every time, even though you know, at least for a season, you have the same main cast. And yeah, and Stargate kind of has that in the sense that, like, as long as right. SG-1 is SG-1, if there's bits and pieces of an overarching thread, then we don't care what they're doing. I think my problem with season two is that when we went into the story arc, we went into it hard, hard. and then we yep. pulled out of it hard. Yep. We didn't we didn't have like stories that were like couple hints here, couple hints here, couple hints here, big episode. We had big episode, big episode, big episode, nothing to do with it. Right. And I I think that is one of the things that's hindering Stargate for me. I know I know Stargate is very popular with the people. I understand that. But I think it's one of the reasons that Stargate is not Doctor Who, for example, you know, and like it's because while the story 
is well written and the show is well produced and directed it's not as consistent as you want it to be to keep your attention because as soon as they start kind of like taking you out of the plot it's like why am i i mean it's the same thing i've been yelling about charade for two seasons now but i'm like i need to keep that holding me on to something like that's what i want to hold on to while i'm watching you know i i think about matt smith's first season and i think that Doctor Who has always been a very serialized show. Right. And then when Stephen Moffat took it over, he kind of started to add bigger character arcs. Right. But what happened in that first season was there was this whole story with Amy, and there was something weird about Amy. And in this episode, you would have a crack in the wall. And in this episode, you would see a hint of the crack. And like, but then, but it was, it didn't, throw you off it was just like a oh yeah wait there is something weird about her mm-hmm. and then as the season got you got to a climax and then everything kind of snowballed but then people reacted so well to it that they kind of the reason less people like seasons uh six and seven yeah. is because they they dug so hard into the we have a story arc side and the it. relationship with amy and um rory forgot his name for a second the love right. of my life um, um yeah, because like but- we got a similar relationship feel with um rose but she also never quite let go the same like I have other problems because I I'm one of the people who's in the camp of the do- doctor should be asexual and like, but then I also mm-hmm. love Ro- like Rose and the Doctor like it's it's a very confusing yeah. place to live in my brain. But I think my problem what I was saying is that like we took the sprinkling of a story mm-hmm. arc and then we were like cool and we like ham fisted it right and then it stopped being successful. Stargate's problem is that it doesn't know if it's an arc show or a story of the week show. Right. Because of the time it set in. I mean, it was around the same time. I guess it was, you know, three or four years after X-Files started, but it was the same time still. Yeah. X-Files was more a story of the week show. And while it had an arc, its whole thing was story of the week and like monster of the week, et cetera. But like, so I, I very much understand why they had an issue figuring out where they were going to fit in at this time. Right. Well, so the 1998-1999 U.S. network television schedule, like these, this is what was on TV at this time. I just would like to look at it by network, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trying to find shows that are not um, like, I'm looking through only shows that are like, uh, scripted shows right so abc's shows for that season boy meets world dharma and greg the drew carey show home improvement those are all sitcoms real sitcom heavy year yep real sitcom heavy year because then we also have spin city two guys a girls on a girl on a pizza place um strange world the secret lives of men the norm show like these are it's a sitcom heavy world at this time and abc has always kind of been a sitcom heavy the channel. norm show like norm from cheers i think i did not know yeah, that no, no 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 i lied it's um starring norm, norm mcdonald yes mm, okay 
I wasn't sure. I was like, is it Cheers or is it Norm Macdonald? But so in terms of drama, things that were drama that were made in this season, because I guess sci-fi really should be compared more to drama than to sitcoms because it's a oh, different. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in the 1998-1999 series, we have NYPD Blue, which to be fair is one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it one day. Uh, the Practice. Wait, which one's the practice? Um, it's a legal drama. Who's starring in that? And oh, okay. It's I was I was thinking of the the Grey's Anatomy spinoff. What's that? Oh one no, Private Practice. Private no, Practice. The, but then I was like, wait, this is way earlier. Than that. Yes, the practice is a legal drama. I'm trying to think. It's set in Boston. Who is in this show? Who's the? Um, Dylan McDermott, Steve Harris, Kelly Williams, like. Like that, uh, that group of people, yes. Yes. Um, and what is this? That, no, I don't think. I'm looking at the ABC. I think that might be the only two things on ABC that were drama. Probably. At the time. Yeah. We weren't drama heavy at the time. Literally, those are the only two things on all of ABC that are drama. Whew. Then we go to CBS. Diagnosis murder. Murder. Chicago Hope, um, Jag, um, Touched by an Angel. Love that show. I know, I forgot Um, about that at the same time. But like, uh, Martial Law, no, that's comedy still. Um, But yeah, that's The Magnificent Seven, which is a Western Right. So we're in a weird time, but then on CBS, we've got uh, The Nanny. Uh, that's the year The King of Queens premiered. Um, we've got Cosby, Everybody Loves Raymond, Kids Say the Darnest Things. So, like, and then Fox, Allie McBeal. Oh, I love Allie McBeal, but it's also, it's like a comedic drama, though. It's not like. Comedic. It's a comedic drama, but Allie yeah. McBeal is the only thing on this entire list oh and but, but then you have beverly hills and i know and melrose place whatever which is when we also like come up two years from now is when we really start focusing heavily on the like teen dramas right. and everyone's doing the oc the remakes of the originals we're doing right. you know stuff like but that because then, then this then we've got this was the year that 70s show, Futurama, Family Guy, all premiered. You've got The Simpsons. You've got, oh, The X-Files was already on Fox at this time. But yeah, then it started in 94, I think. And then, oh, and King of the Hill was already there. But then you've got, like, the um, World's Wildest Place videos, Cops, The World's Funniest Home Videos, Guinness World Record Prime Time. Like, it was weirdly reality-heavy. Yeah, I mean, the big shows at the time were legal-based dramas, like legal cop and mm-hmm. lawyer-based, um, animation comedy, mm-hmm. sitcom, and I think that was kind of reality TV's kind well, of like... Well, and it's also the beginning of, it was the beginning of, like, the medical drama, because, like, um, Chicago Hope was on, and then I just got to NBC, and we've got... On NBC, we've got uh, ER, we've got Law and Order, we've got... Um, no, no, <laughs> the rest, just out uh, Providence. 
But then mm-hmm. you've also got um, Caroline in the City, Third Rock from the Sun, Just Shoot Me, uh, Mad About You, Suddenly Susan, oh, that was the, the season Will and Grace premiered, Frasier, Friends, like. Yeah. Um, well, it didn't leave a um, lot of room for um, things yeah, like sorry uh, to figure out what they were doing. <laughs> UPN had uh, Clueless, the Malcolm and the Malcolm and Eddie, Moesha, um, Legacy, Gilbert, but they had a Star Trek Voyager, so you got one. The WB was a weird place, though, because that's where we have Buffy and Seventh Heaven and Dawson's Creek. But then you also have. But I think the Buffy, Seventh Heaven, and Dawson's Creek lean more on the teen dramas than they do on the like traditional. Weirdly, this their genre. The, yeah, but this was the year Charmed premiered, Rescue Seventy Seven premiered. So that's but so it's a weird. Looking at this list, it's amazing to me. Stargate made it. Yeah. That Stargate made it because we're looking at a season of TV that was so focused on comedy. So, so focused, focused on, on comedy. comedy. Um, yep. And that is just the top 10 shows for the season. Sorry, this also has highlighted the top 10 shows for the season 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. CBS Sunday movie. That doesn't even fucking count. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Football. Home Improvement. Friends. Jesse. Frasier. Veronica's Closet. The only two shows that made the top 10 that were not comedies or news were touched by an angel and ER. Yeah. And somehow, despite the fact that I am obsessed with both touched by an angel, ER and Stargate, I don't feel like that's the normal TV viewer. The people tuning yeah, in to touch by an angel live every night are not the people searching out Stargate. No. Yes. Correct. So it's because I watched touch by an angel when I was a child. But I didn't watch Stargate. So, like, for my tuning in habits. I've realized that Dan actually is my soulmate for no reason other than every time I go, like, I went to his dad's house, his mom's house, and his aunt's house. And every time I went, I looked at DVD shelves because. Right. Never in my life, never in my life did I think that I would meet someone else that would have Warehouse 13, MacGyver. (laughs) And touched by an angel on the same DVD shelf. I was like, oh, right. No, I'm going to marry this man. Because no one else is that level of crazy. Right. No one else would pair with either of us. So no. this is where we are now. We're the only two people that like are on the same wavelength. Correct. The show did win an award this year. Um, but it was Saturn Award. Is that a sci-fi Saturn. award? Um, I was going to say, let me look up what Saturn Awards are, because I'm only a... It is... Oh, yes. It is the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. And... Um, Interesting. Yeah. Fantasy, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror? Yeah. I... The Saturn... I need to write this down. <laughs> yeah. This I, feel like, like I feel like we should, now. like, look at... Like, we should also, like, know what is nominated each year, because that's kind of literally the genre we're doing. Yeah. I didn't realize um, that existed. Um, but 
the only award that they were nominated for a couple, but the only award that they won was for best actor in a sci-fi show for Richard Dean Anderson. Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, that tracks. What year is this I'm looking at? Oh, the 2022 was the 50th anniversary of the Saturn Awards. Oh. Um, the best superhero film of the year last year was Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course. The best science fiction film was Nope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best fantasy was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Which I never saw, but I have heard is incredible. Yeah. The best horror was The Black Phone. Um, to be f- I didn't not. see that. It, I didn't <laughs> see that, but it was nominated up against The Quiet Place 2 and Last Night in Soho. So I don't agree with that. Um, I haven't seen A Quiet Place 2, but I saw A Quiet Place 1, and I saw The New Scream, and I saw Last Night in Soho, and The Black Phone, I didn't care for. Yeah. Um, the best action... fine, <laughs> but like... The best action adventure was Top Gun Maverick. Fine. I agree. Um, the best thriller was Nightmare Alley. Um, I haven't seen the other show. Oh, I did see Old, and I did, it was M. Night Shyamalan's new film. I didn't care for it mm-hmm. as much, but I didn't like Nightmare Alley either. I fell asleep okay. in it. And then I woke up and I was like, nothing makes sense anymore. It was so long. Best actor, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Fine. Best actress, Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere. Great. Best supporting actor, uh, Ki-Hu Kwan from Everything Everywhere. Best supporting actress, Aquafina in Shang-Chi. Listen. Fair. <laughs> fair. I don't necessarily think that that was the best movie. But I, I loved, loved her. I, I loved her in that. I, I really enjoyed that movie, but I also ooh, loved her. I love that they have this best younger actor. I love that. Finn Wolfhard in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Interesting. Finn Wolfhard's a great actor. Yeah, I need to see the Afterlife. I've seen the rest of them, but I haven't seen that one. Best film direction. Matt Reeves for The Batman. Okay, I can see it. Yeah. Film, film writing. Guillermo del Toro. Somehow I don't mm. believe that he deserves that over Jordan Peele. I didn't even see Nope, but I know that Jordan Peele's um, a great writer. I also haven't seen Nope, and I heard that it, a lot of people who reviewed it were like, it's fine. Um, people expected it to be better because of Get Out, and I think they had too high of expectations for it, but they were like, well, because, get, because get, get Out and Us were both so good that people expected right. Nope to also be that good, and sometimes yeah. you just can't live at that level. And everyone was like, if I hadn't seen Jordan Peele's other movies, I would have enjoyed it more. Like, yeah. so it was definitely a against himself thing. But That's like, fair. I mean, Guillermo del Toro, he won, I think, because it's his name. He's Guillermo del Toro, yeah. Right. Because um, I didn't pre- care for that one. I, Nightmare Alley winning production also, I don't agree with because Last Night in Soho and Dune are both on that list. And yeah. I will say it did have better production than not, but Last Night in Soho 100% should have beat it. Like, no question. Maverick for film editing, fine. Danny Elfman for music for best for Doctor Strange. Shocking, really. Actually, I don't disagree with that list based on those. The I don't either. But also, like, Danny, I mean, I think Danny Elfman's incredible in everything he's done. Oh, I do too. I'm fine with him winning it. Um, Batman for best costume, fine whatever doing for best makeup again fine whatever special effects for godzilla versus kong great um international film i don't know anything about any of those films so i'm not going to bother i don't watch independent films okay marcel the shell with shoes on winning the best animated film of the year fuck yes i love marcel 
<laughs> Shall I? I used to love that so much. And I was trying to find the international films because I do actually watch some of those. So, oh, Triple oh, R. I didn't see that. Um, I mean, Downton Abbey is on here and it didn't win, mm-hmm. but. And then we get yeah. to the TV, which is why I actually wanted to look at this list. Um, right. Science fiction TV show of the year last year, Superman and Lois. That's For fine. Something. I'm surprised I didn't it, it was the Flash. I am too. Um, but I think last season, Superman had a better season than Flash. Maybe Westworld too, because Westworld ended last year, right? Yeah. Shining Veil, I know nothing about. No. But I am not surprised that need- Doctor Who did not win. Yeah. I need to see um, it though if it like beat out ghosts and Right. Oh, if it beat out if it beat out ghosts, I need to see it. Yeah. Um horror TV for The Walking Dead, fine. Whatever. Fair because also the double feature was one of the lesser Weaker. I enjoyed the first half, the first feature of that one. Yeah. But not the second feature, so it's totally fine. Um, and Better Call Saul winning action, absolutely. I forget that it still exists. Like right it's still happening i stopped that show at like season three or four but i will say yellow jacket should have won that i haven't seen the most recent better call Saul one but yellow jacket is one of the best new shows i've seen past five Uh, years like no question that's totally fair um best animated series in 2022 was the bad batch absolutely 155 percent. anybody who said what if was better than the bad batch can suck my dick well i didn't watch bad batch and i did like what if but like but no, Bad Batch. I didn't is... see Bad Batch, so I have no like argument. So bad. Um, I am surprised. I mean, Strange New Worlds was great. I am surprised that it beat Mandalorian for best sci-fi series. I'm not because Mandalorian um has been out a few years now, and I know Strange New Worlds is new. Star yeah. Trek's having a new resurgence. Like, yeah, resurgence. Yeah, so I'm not as surprised about that. Um. Best limited event, Obi-Wan. Absolutely. Now, limited event is the only one on this list that I actually watched almost all of them. I, the I didn't only one watch. I, Midnight I watched, is the only one I did not watch. It shouldn't have even been nominated, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Because Boba Fett, Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, Obi-Wan watched all of them. I've only Obi-Wan, seen Hawkeye, Midnight Mass, and Moon Knight. So I've seen half of them. Obi-Wan absolutely deserved that. I, I haven't seen Obi-Wan, but I did love Mid- Hawkeye and Moon Knight, and I'm glad they were both nominated at a minimum. And, and then Oscar Isaac's winning for Moon Knight and Ming-Na Wen winning for Boba Fett. Fantastic. I'm down for all of that. Yeah. Um, that was completely off task for what we were doing. But you also I think skipped two. I skipped two because I didn't care. Oh, the horror thriller television series. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised Stranger Things won because it's Stranger Things, but I'm, I'm not surprised it won because the season of Stranger Things that was on last year garnered was so much attention. Yeah, so much attention. But um, Creep Show, Servant, and Squid Game are incredible, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen Stranger Things. In my there. <laughs> but, but Servant, it's, ha- it's M Night Shyamalan's first TV show he wrote. Right. And it's incredible. Like based on not watching them and just thinking about what um garnered attention, I would have put it down to Stranger Things or Squid Game as I would have too. been shocked if Stranger Things didn't win. Right. Like and then um, for the best action adventure, 
the boys one and I've heard that I would really like I've, it. I've um, heard nothing but amazing things about the boys. Right. We had a song. So we actually, it was really funny because we had dream a little dream of me and stranger things part four, the mm-hmm. same time that we had dream a little dream of me and the boys season three or whatever came out last year. Um, I will say based on first season, I thought umbrella Academy would pull it out, but then I didn't get through the whole second season yet. So I haven't seen the third season. So I wonder if that's been kind of the reaction to it overall. And that's why I, win. I don't know, but I do know that fans, because again, I didn't watch it, but the fan reaction, this is judging purely based on what I see on the internet, having not seen anything, mm-hmm. the fan reaction between season two and season three felt very different. It was very and, different. So, and there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of, unnecessarily bad reviews for season three because we had Elliot Page transitioning in that season, which garnered obviously appreciation from the queer community, but from a more conservative viewpoint of people who had watched that show before and not like your conservative viewpoint, but like, you know, the older viewpoint, it was... Well, what what I heard... What I heard, and again, I don't watch it. I don't know anything, and I have nothing to say about Elliot Page as a human. What I heard was that the way they changed the character to accept Elliot's transition didn't make sense for the character, and it Mm. ruined a lot of the storytelling. That's fair, because you can, which is one of the things we talk about in Unseen Artists, you can change the gender, you can change the race, and still keep the story which is yeah. what we're trying to show. And so right. like, even sometimes, though Elliot transitioned. I think sometimes you can change the gender and you can change the race and still tell the story. Well, of course, of course. And, and sometimes you can't. And sometimes when you try too hard, you take away from the story. I did wonder if it was going to be trying too hard because they could have done it as a very like necessary, but subtle transition because obviously Elliot Page is going to play a male role now. And that makes sense. Like, no concerns on that. And no one, and no like, one would be, at, and I don't think anyone who would work on that sh- type of show would then ask Elliot to continue to play a female role. Right. And like, and I think based on the earlier character from season one and, and two, I don't think it's out of line to transition to a male character because it wasn't necessarily like women's problems. It was superhero black sheep of the family problems, which can be anyone, but it, I do it agree. Depends on how you go about hard. it. Exactly. Right. And so like, that's why like when they announced it, I was like, Oh, that's great. But then hearing what you're saying with the reviews, like I could see that, like trying to make it mm-hmm. too much. Well, and because I think that like, there are some characters that it doesn't matter. Right. Like I think bringing it back to Stargate, because we should do that at some point. I think of that course. if any of the four main characters in Stargate were a different gender, it would not change the show. No. But if you were to suddenly take Sam's character and make Sam a guy without a good, well-written transition from the only female member of the team to not, yes. it would ruin the show for people. And I think I think that does make a difference for sure because you need the divi- diversity of being not just for white men in a show. And... So, like, I think that's why it would make more of an impact on a on a Stargate because of that. 
Whereas right. I feel like there are, I mean, there is a good amount of diversity in like the Umbrella Academy, you know, people. And I know the, and I'm sure that a lot of it had to do with the fact that it's written off of a comic book and that's not true. Well, and that's the thing is in the, true. yes. And because there's a source material and you're messing with the source right. material, you're always going to find somebody who has something to say. It's just like DC's Stargirl. Or um, the Teen Titan, the live action Teen Titan shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the live action Teen Titan show was not done well. I've heard that. And one of the things that they did about the Teen Titan show that did not work for me was that they made Starfire African American. Now, I have no problem with anybody being anything that they are not. Like, like that's not, I don't care what color, race, gender, I, I don't. But this character was an alien with orange skin. And then by casting it as an African-American and making it about the character not being, or about the character being African-American, you quite literally, like, took the alien away from her. Right, so it's the difference of like, like Ariel can be any color that she wants to be because it doesn't so, change the story. Yes, I'm but, so thrilled. I'm thrilled with the Halle Berry casting. I or what's her name? It's not Halle. It's it's it's, ha- it's Haley. Haley. Um, yeah. So Haley yeah. and Haley Bailey. Halle Bailey. That's her name. Halle Bailey. That's I was like Halle Berry is every human. time. Every Hallie and Chloe also um, just released a cover of Feeling Good that's incredible. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, but so no, but I, if I, you're trying I'm to become totally... an alien species to like focus on a a race as opposed to like like and a that's... typical human race as opposed to an alien race, right? That changes the and story. that's and the I thing agree. that makes that's the thing that makes comic books particularly hard to change as source material because they're visual. Yeah. Like you can tell me. You can take the description of Hermione in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter book and tell me how that can make her black. Yeah. Now, I I don't care. That doesn't matter either way. That description of frizzy haired teeth, they never say pale is what whatever. She is she can be white, black, I don't care. It's a book. They never talk about her skin, they never talk about anything. You have a comic book with a visual also, representation. She has to have frizzy hair. So right. like you have so, to get that part right, regardless of who you have. Yeah. Correct. Ron is a ginger. Ron, top, bottom, every single thing, all they talk about is how red-haired these people are and freckle-faced. So, unfortunately, just based on genetics, red-haired and freckle-faced probably going to be white. If you made Ron not white, it wouldn't really tell the story. Yeah. Comic books are a visual, and so it makes changing it really difficult because people are going to assume the character looks like what it's been drawn like for the last I don't know how many years right so that's probably why the Umbrella Academy did not do as well in season three as it did in other seasons I think that is absolutely correct and I know we're getting to Stargate soon but I have to mention this from the Saturn parts before we move forward please do and then we will talk about the episodes of Stargate. yes um the there was a best film collection release award and one of the nominations was the alfred hitchcock classics collection volume two which i don't know what's in volume two but we talk about hitchcock all the time for Bates. correct and the best television series release of course was chucky but the other nomination was kolchak the night stalker the complete series 
if we didn't have a time to promote our last like season it was 2022 like we needed we need to like come back with that and be like BT, we should announce that when did these awards come <laughs> when did the awards come out i have no idea are we behind the times oh, oh they were on october 25th 2022 we can still talk about it i'm gonna post it sure absolutely because we clearly are only like three months behind it's fine right which is better than a year behind which is what i was expecting so you know right no they're end of the year awards so like if they come out in october yes. But then yeah. also, now we know they exist, so next October, we can be more in on that. Right, we will be so ready come next October. All right. You know what else we, we got to be ready for? Sorry. We've lost our minds. Um, Probably because we're drinking wine in the middle of the afternoon. Look, I haven't finished a glass yet. We've been talking for, like, the two of us have been talking for almost three hours now. And the podcast has been going, what, for, like, 50 minutes now? Like... Maybe a little more. Um, we just can't stop talking to each other. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so season two started with the Serpent's Lair, which was the inclusion to the three-parter that started last season. So that is fantastic. Then we immediately move into the Tokra storyline because episode two is in the line of duty, which is when Sam takes in Jolinar. Mm-hmm. Cool. Excellent episode, by the way. Excellent episode. Really loved that one. That was probably one of, I mean, obviously the fifth race. But other than that, that was one of my favorites from the season, for sure. Season, or episode three is The Prisoner, or Prisoners, which is the episode with their, where they go to, they get sent to the prison planet. And we have the one girl who um, is played by Feeney's wife, who takes, comes back with them. And then it turns out she was actually the bad guy all along yeah 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 it was agatha all along it was agatha all along (laughs) no um i'm gonna make a note of that because i'm i just want to make a note of all of the storylines that get introduced and don't get wrapped up yes so so first we have because so we have we start with the papas fine fine jolinar's been ongoing jolinar fine then we get what's her name the female mm-hmm. prisoner. Female prisoner who escapes through the gate and we never hear about it again. Great. So she's just re- sure. wreaking havoc on the world. Probably Great. still to this day. Probably. Episode four is the gamekeeper. Which is that was the, the one I liked more than you did. Yes, but it's a cute one-off. It does not have any open-endedness. It's, it's a cute one-off. It's fine. It has no open-endedness. Yeah. Then we have Need, which is the uh, sarcophagus junkie episode. Mm-hmm. Which Fine. was a good episode. It is a good episode. Um, it's rated very low. I know, but I didn't. I didn't hate that one. It is not the lowest rated of the season. I don't think. I don't well, think just, it was. Let me just double check. What is the lowest rated? No, it is not the lowest rated of the season. It's close, but it's not. Um, it's fine. It it gives us the new information about what actually goes on with the sarcophagus, um, which is good for the overall plot. It doesn't leave anything open-ended. Mm-hmm. Episode six is Thor's chariot. Ugh. Absolutely. And Thor's Chariot is the episode where we first find out that the Asgardians are the Greys. 
Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. So well done. So well done. So well done. Then we get to message in a bottle. Which we already talked about on this episode. Neither of us even remembered it. Right. Whatever. But again, nothing open-ended, just annoying. Right. <laughs> then we have tied for the lowest rated episode of the season, Family, which is where we go back. And wait, wait, which one was tied? Um, this is now tied with something that's way later. So this is the first of the two lowest rated. Oh, Message in a Bottle was tied for the lowest rating is what you're saying. No, no, no. Family is tied. I thought you were saying Tide was the name of an episode. That's why I was very confused. Oh, I was no, like, no, no. There's happened in Tide. <laughs> there is a tie for the lowest rated episode of the season. And the <laughs> first of those two episodes is okay. Family, which is where we go back and we see that Ryak has been taken over with Apophis and And like no, not Apophis. Is it Apophis or is it Heror? No. It's Apophis. It's Apophis. Mm-hmm. Oh, and is this when we find out that Apophis is not dead? Mm-hmm. They, they do back. that. They do that really badly. Because I think this is when the wife has been moved into... No. This is the first episode of Tilk's family, right? This is the first of the, the family. the family is, like, crumbled? But this is the first of the Tilk's family family no or is this, this the is one the, where she's living with someone else already this is the one where she's living with someone else okay and we see that um his son is working with apophis right 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 but so but, oh but in season two this is the first time we realize that the explosion at the end of the first episode did not actually kill apophis because now apophis is back that. well we you and i saw right. that but stargate sg1 stargate did not sg1 did not see that um yes but yeah um i agree this is, it was poorly done but i didn't i didn't hate the it maybe no. should have been lowest ranked like based on the other episodes but i don't think it should have been as low as no was. this is one that i will fight that should not have been as poorly rated as it was yeah. um i don't necessarily think it was the most well-written episode um no but, but. it was for sure at least part of the overall story that we yeah and it was a it was a good continuance there wasn't anything that um contradicted what we knew about tilk's family and it gave us more insight into tilk's Except life which helped us build the character that his wife was played by a different actress in this episode than she was well last of course season. of course <laughs> so like in the real world there was a contradiction Correct. but in Correct. the like story world there was not a contradiction right um so but have- yes so, then so I agree move... it was a necessary episode to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we move to episode nine, which is Secrets, which is where we meet uh, Sam's dad. And that is a great episode for what then happens later episode. in the season. So good. Um, this is the episode that confused me because I thought they actually had a budget. And then it turns out they pretended to be in Washington, D.C. and we're not. Right. Yes. Yes. No. This um, was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, then we move, hold on, I'm just trying to make sure that I know what is the highest rated episode, so we talked about what's the lowest. I would be surprised if it wasn't the fifth race. Oh, it is, it is, you're correct. Okay. <laughs> so then we move, um, to Bane, which is the, um, bug episode where you lose the Andy episode, yeah. Um, 
Again, a really good one-off. Does not affect the story at all. I really liked that episode, though. I did, too, and I actually didn't hate the placement because sometimes I think you need a one-off so that you're not throwing the story too much because we had secrets, and then we have this, and then we move into the Tokra two-parter. And so I think in terms of setting up an arc, we needed a break between meeting Jacob and dealing with the Togra. And it helped, like, I mean, this season we got a lot of, I mean, it was like two or three episodes, but it felt like we got a lot of Tilk, like, learning more about him because we know Jack. We know Daniel. We've learned now. We're starting to learn more about Sam with her father. And then having the family episode and then having this episode shows how, like, caring Tilk is as a person because, like, he cares about children. He's not going to, mm-hmm. like... He's always going to protect children if he can. And it's like, even though he's a Jaffa, he's still humane. Like, you know? And I thought that that was good for that. The other thing that's important in this episode is the the reintroduction of Colonel Mayborn and him being a shit stirrer. Because then that is important later. Right. So, like, this was a good one-off because it still had threads, but it didn't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is what other episodes like The Gatekeeper didn't have. And even though I enjoyed it, I i mean, I understand why other why? people wouldn't have. And why right. people would say, like, you need a one-off that still connects what's going on. It can't yeah. just be like, here's something random. Oh, great. We're back in Stargate. Like, Yeah. Then we get our mid-season, um, like our end of the middle of the season, the big, big two-parter of the Tokra. Yes. Because the to- the Tokra is the thread. The Tokra is the thread that holds this whole season together. It is, yeah. And it is and Jacob becoming part of the Tokra and like all of that. I these are two are not the highest rated because the fifth race exists. But I yes. And like my thing about the Tokra is the storyline is well written, well developed. They have a great backstory that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And so it not only is the writing and the production was fine, but also the emotion in these two episodes just builds on it. And so like there's a part of me that almost would rate the Tokra higher than the fifth race, even though the fifth race also has its emotional points, also mm-hmm. very important to the storyline. These two episodes connected with me more from like a personal standpoint. Absolutely. They were more and human like, feeling. And it was just like they've lost the love of their life. They're reconnected now because Jolinar was inside of Sam. And it's like, and then the dad is brought in and tied together. And it's like there's so much emotion mm-hmm. and so much of like what we need. And to I know. think it makes sense because mm-hmm. of where we are in the show. The fifth race is so important for what is yet to come. Yeah. But you don't know that yet. And I, I also had an emotional reaction to fifth race. Like, oh, don't get yeah, me wrong. no, for sure. For right. sure. I'm not saying that, but like the Asgardians yeah. and what they mean and what the alliance of the five races means doesn't mean anything to it doesn't you hit yet. yet. Yeah. It doesn't hit you, especially you. You don't know. You don't know yet. It doesn't right. mean anything to you. Obviously, there's the emotional moments. There's the stuff that we learn about all the stuff that um, Catherine and Ernest went through that, like, actually matter. That And it was you. also, like, I mean, seeing Jack at the end, they were like, you're the reason they're becoming the fifth race. Even though I don't know what that means. That, like, I got chills. Yeah. 
But but the toker was more human feeling and it was a two-parter. So you had more time to build and like losing Jacob, but then you don't have to lose Jacob. Like that all is, of course, in this place that we are at at the end of season two, that's a way more emotionally powerful moment. Right. And we've been building it all season. I mean, we had Joel and Art at the beginning of the season and then we have Jacob and then mm-hmm. we connect everything. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So for sure. Um, yeah. And then we move to season or episode 13, which is Spirits which um, I do understand why people don't like it in terms of the overall arc of the story. I understand that it is a um, one-off that is not really connected, despite the fact that they talk about Tanane and they talk about the mineral later in the season. It isn't really connected, but I personally just connected with the episode so much because I have never seen a Native American culture so well done. Yeah. That I that I can't argue with. Like I I understand why people think it's the least connected episode of the season, but for me it wasn't the worst because I just I I felt it better. And I don't agree that it's the least connected because it does have the the um what is it called the thing that they find there that the trinium the trinium it has the trinium which is connected Mm -hmm. at least it seems like it's connected in my head. So I didn't think it was the least connected. I thought it was a unnecessary one-off, which I don't always, but I also thought it was one of the most well-produced, well-written and directed episodes, especially mm-hmm. at the time about a Native American culture that like yeah. respected the culture and didn't follow these stereotypes that are not true or that are just, you know, rude, like overall. Mm-hmm. And so I... I don't like again. I'm not gonna watch it again because I it didn't stick with me that well. But I'm mm-hmm. glad it exists still. Correct. Like, yeah. So then we get to episode 14 where we have the second very largely unanswered question, and that is the episode touchstone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my number two unanswered question of the season is what the fuck um, is happening, Colonel Mayborn in the gate, like. I literally don't know what what we witnessed in that episode um and the fact that we never once came back to it I get that they knew that they had two more seasons I know that now but we didn't even like but it didn't mean anything to us right like by the end of it I was like I know that this is probably important but I also don't know what's why and I don't know like I don't care yet right I think where the season was going and that's the other problem so we had the Tokra which was great but we had the story with the with Bane with the bug and Colonel Mayborn and then we had Touchstone and there was like almost a chance that we were going to understand what the military problem was and then we never see it again for the rest of the season yeah yeah, I I love very that. Much agree with that. I would have, I would have had this as rated as one of the more lower episodes because I don't. It doesn't have any connections that we already get. Other, I mean, of course, right. we get Mayborn. We already hate him. We hate him now again. Yeah, but like while, while I agree that some of the later episodes were some of the more well written episodes, I almost dislike them in the sense that up until Touchstone. 
the season all seemed to be going in the same direction. And then they just never circled back. I think, I mean, I don't know where we're going to address this in the future, but like if it doesn't need to be addressed until the season it's resolved in, it like is how I kind of feel, or at least like that we know more about it for touchstone. Mm-hmm. So like, if we're going to talk about touchstone in season three, make it the like premiere episode, because as a premiere for season three, that might be great because we're like, Oh, we're going through the military this season. Like, we're about right. to dive into the secrets of the like military. And then if we were to like sprinkle it throughout, it would be fine. But where mm-hmm. it's placed, it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't care about yeah. that. I'm more invested in the Tok'ra and the um Asgardian race. Like that's what I care about this season. I don't care about the t- right. the touchstone of the military. Mm-hmm. So And then speaking of the Asgardians, we get to episode 15, which is the fifth race, which is the highest rated episode. It is the reason why people are in love with the show. I am all for that. I have nothing bad to say about that episode. I, no, when I, I think it's... I when, I realized, when I realized when we were watching that episode, you remember, I freaked out because I was so excited for you to see that episode. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's an incredible episode. I'm... I feel like it's the highest rated because of back ratings. Like people know where it goes and rated it high because it is, I mean, it's well-written. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful episode. Do not get me Mm -hmm. wrong, but I think it's the highest rated because it's a, a right. Nobody, nobody rated at 10 stars at the end of season two. They rated 10 stars at the end of season 10. Like, right. And like, I'm totally fine with it being in this season because I do know moving forward, it's going to be a big deal. And we've already met the Asgardians. We've already seen the grace. Like, it wasn't out of place, but I also just, like. I also know at this point it didn't hit me as hard as some of the other stuff in this season, which we just said, like, you know, yeah. So. But I also feel like after the fifth race, like that's the. Did you mute your sound? Just went out. I know. That I see that. came back this is gonna be fun to edit when it's like seven hours in oh there you are right yeah no it popped up on my screen that my default speaker changed so i knew it changed well that was rude yeah i was like (laughs) i didn't i was like i didn't unplug it bitch right um no um but this is kind of where i think the season stops making sense because then everything after this is not necessarily bad it's just no longer on the same track that the first half was going Yes. Because then we get season or episode 16, which is a matter of time, which is the black hole episode, which again, the most purely sci-fi episode of the show to date. Fine, but unrelated. Right. And I absolutely felt that watching him because I watched it. I was like, this episode is like kind of incredible and it's keeping my like my attention and whatnot. I was like, but I also know that like this doesn't matter like it's good mm-hmm. to know because it's a sci-fi show but like otherwise it's like i didn't learn anything else about where we're going with anything no but this this is absolutely one of the episodes that would not exist if we didn't have 22 episode seasons absolutely yes of course and like that's kind of a bummer because i did enjoy the episode as an episode but i also like if i was writing it i wouldn't have put it in the season <laughs> like and so. then we get to what i think is the point that i need to fight because if you look at trivia 
of the show started as a whole, which you, Courtney, would not because then you would have spoilers. Of course, of course. The number one, like the only episode from season 10 or from season two that makes it into the top 10 episodes of the show of all time is this episode. And I would absolutely murder children to argue that point. Because the next episode... Not valid statement. There's a hyperbole. It's not murdering children. There's a hyperbole because the next episode is holiday. Which is the episode. It's the episode where the weird guy who knows the technology to fight the gut wolf takes over Daniel's body and meets with the homeless man and like takes over the diner. Oh my god, I forgot about that episode. I can't believe that's right in the top ten of again. In terms of sci-fi theory and, like, actual science fiction fantasy stories, great. Give me a movie about it. Right. Fine. Thoroughly loved the episode, even though I forgot about it. But absolutely not. Like, even though I've only seen two seasons, I would not rate it in the top ten episodes of Stargate so far. Like, yeah. It were right of the forty-four episodes I've watched, it wouldn't be in my top ten, let alone of the entire show. And it's a, it's another episode that, like, while I thoroughly enjoyed it, if I was writing this, I wouldn't have put it in the show. It doesn't fit. Like, right? Like, if I have to pare the season down, those last two are the top gone. two on my chopping block. Absolutely, gone. absolutely. Um. So. That when I got to that trivia fact, I was like, I'm gonna kill myself. There's I would no also way. like to fight people, and I'm not even as invested as you. Yeah, not as far as murdering children, but definitely punching people in the face. Yeah, 100%. Episode 18 is the Serpent's Song, which is the episode where they think they finally killed Apophis. Right, fantastic. The Tokra are part of it, like the Apophis is part of it, I think, in terms of the keeping the story intact. Wonderful. I'm all for this episode. Yeah, not my highest rated episode of the season, but 100% necessary for the show. And I, I still enjoyed it. it just, also, you know. it introduces us to Sokar, which is another of the system lords. And we're starting right. to get that whole like list of who the Gawold are and how many of them there are. And it's great. And it's wonderful. And again, did not love it, but I know why it was there. And I would have said that it's one of the more important episodes of the season for sure correct so then we get to the other episode that is part of the tie for the worst episode which this one for sure for (laughs) sure (laughs) because episode 19 is one false step which is the episode with the weird non-verbal heart in their pelvis aliens that are all white and yes (laughs) This fair. fair. It's not only non not relevant. It's also just weird. Yeah. Like it's also not an like Okay, this is the first episode I would cut from the season. Like yeah. top cut it. Because like it's not even really a good episode. No. It's an episode that like I couldn't stop looking at. <laughs> but like not in a good way like the way you can't no. at a car accident right it was such <clears> a <throat> weird episode and like weird so many weird elements and like 
I I just like didn't even know what was happening half the time. To be and fair, in terms of pros of this episode, I will discuss that one, we were introduced to the idea of humanoid characters that were not human. Because for the most part, the show has been like, everything is either very visibly an alien or just a human who got put on a different planet. Right. And and in most sci-fi, that is not the case. There are humanoid creatures that are not human. The Nox are humanoid. Kind of. They look like the goblins from Harry Potter. And the faces. That's fair. That's fair. But so, like, you think about it, like, how many aliens in Doctor Who or Stargate or Star Trek or Star Wars, like, have looked like people, but we're on a different planet now. And part of that, part of that is, (laughs) right, and part of that is the technology of prosthetics and makeup and inside and, like, like, computer graphics changing. But this is the first time that we're like, this creature is fully not human in any way. And so I appreciated that. I mean, yeah, that's a great and element. that will be the only positive I can give that whole episode. I did like that they looked like snowballs. But that was a personal visual preference. I also like fantastic job to those actors because I could not have done oh that without laughing. Truly. I mean, the noises they made, like, it was wild. That was a, the wildest wild. episode of the season. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely sure. the one that I'm like, I don't know why it's here. And it was at the end. Like, I don't, right. I don't know how it made the cut. So then we get show and tell, which is the episode with the invisible bug aliens and the little person child that was like a weird creation. Um, I and again, I did not care for the episode. Um, I thought that there was some important information in it. Um, but if I had to cut an episode, this was, I would also probably cut this one. I um, didn't feel like there was enough important information in it. Like, right? Like, I think that you could take the information you got about the terrorist groups of bugs and put them somewhere else and not have ruined that or put them in a different season when you were going to go more into that. Put them in the Bane episode. I mean, we had the bug invasion then. like Right. They weren't the same bugs, but they might as well have been. Yeah, but it's the same concept. And it's like, I don't need to watch two bug episodes now, especially when one's good and one's not necessarily. Um, Yeah. So, like... Um... Then we had 1969, which was cool in the sense of time travel. It was um, interesting. It was very sci-fi. It was also very unrelated to anything that we've done I actually really liked this episode, though. And I thought, while unrelated, I think it was important to know we could travel in time. Correct. And I think that Firewater blog put it really well when he was like that should have been the season finale because it was just like a fun weird way to end yeah. um and and i don't necessarily know that it should have been the season finale because i, I wouldn't like because I, I i like that there's the cliffhanger that we get at yeah. the end of the season finale but in terms of like storytelling it was 10 times better than the season finale oh yeah no of course because then we get to the season finale, which is Out of Mind, which is a clip show. And while I don't hate a clip show, I hate that they did a clip show for the season finale. Correct. Because 
especially because we are having so many important discussions in this episode that I'm like, I would have liked to see that as a full episode, mm-hmm. like right. without the and, and like maybe and- one or two flashbacks if necessary, but it didn't need to be a clip show. It could have very easily stood alone. And now this is when I will bring up the thing that I said I wasn't going to bring up. I was going to let Doug explain himself, but then I didn't invite him to the podcast. Um, right. You can't so <laughs> you can't. So then Doug was talking about how when he first started watching Stargate, he didn't start at the beginning. And so he picked up like, cause he just like, he's two years older than me. So like he we was sorry while it was out. So if you started while it was okay. still on. Um, but like, he's two years older than me, but his parents are not like as weird and nerdy as mine. So he started sometime while it was already on and he appreciated the way that they do clip shows on this show because there's often times where you're like, this season is so long. I don't remember everything that happened in it. And you have a clip show, like the way that season one did the clip show where it was like right before the big finale, here's all the shit that is important from the season that you need to know before you watch the finale. Great. He was like, and you remember, I really liked the clip show from season one. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I watched a clip show and I was like, Oh shit, this is all the stuff, all the information that I need to know. Now I can fully be invested in the show fun he and i both agreed that while that is important having a clip show as a season finale is not fair to your audience to your writers or to your actors it just doesn't work yes i definitely agree and again i'm fine with flashbacks flashbacks in a season finale i think add to it a lot of the time i do not want an entire clip show for a finale i want a new story that leads me into the next season and to be fair, this was less of a clip show than the one in season one. Like the one in season one yeah, had was like so story. little story. It was like conversation, did, yeah. conversation, clip show, clip show, clip show, conversation. This one had more to it than that. Right. But to and be I- fair, but to be fair, on like I said last week, until those last five minutes, I didn't give a shit about the episode. Yeah. And that's the thing is like if it was a full episode, I think this might would have been my favorite episode of the season. Well, and but also, I wanted one of the other reasons why I wanted to re go through all of the episodes of season two was to try to make sure that I wasn't incorrect that Hathor was so long ago. Yeah, no, so long ago. Hathor like, was not even in come season back. one. In season two. Yeah. There needed to be some indication that she, there was a potential for her to come back for this to have been as impactful as it was. And because I think we, we obviously back up in 17, like episode 17 and then like well, finale. Have even, even if you don't physically have her in it, yeah. mention her because exactly. in this, in this season, we have talked about Herod. We have talked about Apophis. We have talked about Sokar. We have talked about the fact that there are system wars. We've talked about the fact that there are warring system wars. We've talked about the fact that Sokar has the ability to bring Apophis back from literal death mm-hmm. to use him. Hathor was not mentioned. Yeah. It wasn't like there was a clip show earlier in the season where Hathor was mentioned. Hathor was not mentioned this right. season. And, and I think all of, and then she's good. the big bad of the cliffhanger. Yeah, and I think that was a big issue with the season finale because it was an unnecessary non-reveal like you know like mm-hmm. it could have definitely been added in somewhere and like we get all of this information in the very last few minutes that it's like 
oh, now you're not affected by her, like, breath anymore. And now, like, this and that. Right. And, like, I liked that it was Hathor that was able to replicate the thing and that they forgot about her and that, like, and that, like, Apophis, they were so sure it was Apophis and then just kidding, it wasn't. Like, I was so into that. But it felt with so many things being built up this season and then not addressed, it didn't feel right to end it on that cliffhanger. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going to start the next season because I wonder, are they going to pick up from this cliffhanger or are they going to give us an answer and then start something new? Like, right. I don't well, know what's going to happen. I will tell you that we've got some time before we figure it out because we're going to take a break and. Yeah. <laughs> Um, move on to the prequel web series. Which is airing on Tubi for free. Okay. I was going to say, where, 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 are we, where are we watching it now? Because I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's on Tubi and it says Redbox. I don't know that Redbox is a streaming site. I guess it is. It says okay. Redbox is free. Um, um, but I do know Tubi and it's free and it's there. So. Origins, Catherine. Uh, yes. So, I would recommend to be over Redbox because I don't understand what's happening with Redbox. Um, it's also on the Roku channel if you have a Roku. Mm. Um, you can rent it on Google Play, Apple TV, Amazon, any of those things if you want to put money into it. Um, and I'm going to guess it's not a ton of money because it is like a short web series. It's so. three ninety nine for the entirety of the web series as a movie compilation. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, and we're so watching yeah. it. How are we're we gonna watching? Wa- we're gonna watch because it's everywhere that it's on. It's not airing as webisodes. It's airing as a movie of all of the webisodes together. We're gonna just watch it in one shot. Got and it. Do the whole thing at once. Um, I'll probably run sh- so I don't have commercials. To be- I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD. I just haven't unpacked my DVDs. Right. I am. I mean, I have Apple TV, so I'll probably get it on there. Yeah. Um, so that is a thing that we are going to do next week. Um, but obviously, like, season three, I will say it does, in fact, start with the second half of the two-parter. So at least because it was that. ended, because it ended in a to-be-continued, at least we know that the beginning will be relatively related. Right. Right. I'm just interested to see how related it is. Correct. Hopefully, very, but we'll see. Um, and with that, um, I feel like we have been talking for three hours. I don't even know how much of that has been recorded and what hasn't. Um, yes. It's it's a good time. Um, but season two, again, season two was the highest rated of the show. I'm very interested to see what that means for the future of us doing this podcast because we were not necessarily in love with all of season two i agree um i also would like to just place a caveat here i think i placed it in last week's um horror episode but uh it seems that in the future we're going to end up spiraling on episodes that are not straight episodes so yeah our movie episodes and our season wrap-ups and the eventually to come dna awards episodes to be a bit longer than our traditional episodes because 
there's so many things that like are tied in, whether we tie them in or they're actually tied in. And like, I could be kind and try to split it into two episodes, but I won't because and that also just... like it's things that are not irrelevant. Like, I mean, the seven numbers, we talked about those today. And I think those are really relevant to things we discuss for TV. And we talked about the genres of horror and, you know, Blair Witch and whatnot. And so like, they're all relevant and they're long. And I'm sorry, but they are what they are. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's good content still, but you can't, I mean, obviously yeah. feel free if you need to like skip ahead to the like actually relevant to Stargate portion. Right. Do what you gotta do. Or like but. if you're just like, I just listened to your whole podcast of the season two in three days because I was binge watching. I do not need a wrap up episode. Also feel free to not listen at all. Right. Totally fine. I mean, if you want to hear our banter in the beginning, listen to the beginning and skip the episode. I know um, my friend Dom, he is not caught up on Stargate episodes, but he'll listen to the first part to hear the banter in the beginning. And then like, he'll go back and listen to the Stargate part when he like gets a chance to watch the episode. Perfect. So like, watch it how you like we're here to create content however you best take it in like yeah to be like to be honest i haven't listened to a single episode of this podcast because i'm still in 2015 and catching up with my podcasts so i've listened to most of them because i do a lot of social media (laughs) posts and i also was not a part of the podcast for emlock grove so like coming into it i like i listened when i edited it (laughs) right right but like as a released episode for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like it's definitely listen how you like and just yeah. be aware that these type of episodes are gonna end up being longer than the others because absolutely we are gonna take more like side routes to go to other discussions. And with that, if you have any in conversation you'd like to have about the Saturn Awards or Stargate or any of the weird tangents that we have gone on in this episode because I think we also spent like 25 minutes talking about Broadway actors um or that was before the show before we recorded maybe that was before we recorded I quite literally don't remember also would be glad if you reached out to us about Broadway actors discussions like that's fine for sure um please uh, email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com or message us on any of the social media at deathandaliens. You can reach out to me personally at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at cecloud13. And we will see you guys on Thursday when we start season five of Bates Motel. So psyched. So psyched. Bye. Yeah.